BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022 by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like building charging hubs for fleets of electric buses in California and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. VR training platforms like the one developed by Fundamental VR and Orbis International are helping surgeons train over and over before operating on real patients. As you practice each skill, the muscle memory starts to develop. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, guys. My name is Sarah Nicole, and I am the host of the Papaya Podcast, where each week we dish out some sweetness mixed in with some seeds of wisdom all through candid conversations in a very real and tangible way. I want everyone to know that they're not alone and that we share in these experiences called life. And sometimes when we get to know somebody else's story, it changes ours a little bit as well. So I want you to tune in with us on Mondays. Subscribe, rate and review it, and keep these conversations going with us. You can tune in behind the scenes at the papaya podcast and the birds papaya on instagram as well can't wait to see you next week hi i'm caroline stanbury and i am divorced not dead i'm a former bravo tv star and now former wife fresh off the back of my divorce i'm bringing real stories real life real talk on all things that aren't said between each other society the sheets and everything in the middle and lucky me you'll be joining me for the journey so buckle up welcome back to another episode of divorced not dead and this week's topic is thanksgiving because i am so grateful and thankful that i wanted to record an episode about it so really here goes Firstly, I want to say how grateful and thankful I am to all of you out there who listen to all my episodes and love Divorce Not Dead, which has taken on, as I said, a whole life of its own. And I'm so thankful that you all listen, tune in every week and you like the podcast and you share the podcast. And it's all down to you guys. It really, really is. Without you guys listening, I wouldn't be where I am today. And this was something that I had never, ever, ever imagined would have taken off like it has. Uh, you guys all know how upbeat and positive and the way I live my life. And I thought it was fitting to share the positive side to divorce because there is so many positives to it when you flip that switch and you look at the, the positives. And this Thanksgiving, I wanted to share with you all how thankful I am for being divorced. So I want to take my top five takes from divorce. Number one, is when I finally actioned and realized that I'm the creator of my own happiness and I actioned this. So what I mean by that is that, I mean, I've said this many, many times, but I don't think you can say it enough, frankly. All of you out there that are looking for someone to come save you, like some Prince Charming is just going to ride in and scoop you up and make everything better in your life. That's just not going to happen. You're setting yourself up for a fall. And, you know, I've always said everything to... Taking control of your own happiness is the number one step in finding everything and unlocking the key. And when I mean finding your own happiness, so once you start something like this, it is a snowball effect. I can't tell you enough how much it has a knock-on effect because if you find your internal happiness 
and your mojo, as you call it, if you want to call it, a lot of people call it, you know, you lose your mojo in divorce. You know, divorce knocks you sideways, right? And you, of course, you know, everybody, I don't expect you all to sort of get divorced and jump out and like do a Nicole Kidman as you walk out the record, you know, the divorce courts, but it is like a freeing of your shackles, right? And so if you collapse, and I, and I do get that a lot of times it isn't your own choice and somebody takes that choice away from you. And when that choice is taken away from you, it's harder to find your happiness, but you don't want to stay with a man that doesn't want to be with you. Not one day. You don't want to stay with a woman that doesn't want to be with you. You know, all of these things, it's so important that if one person wants to go, you must let them, you know, and then understand why, you know, what makes you happy in life? Is it your children? Is it your job? Is it your home? Is it your career? So many things to light your fire. Do you want to travel? I started doing all of those things. I mean, I, you know, I really looked for inner peace. And so I think when I found Sergio, I wasn't looking for a man to complete me. And that's when he walked through that door. You can't push for these things. When If you have to push for something in your life, really, really push for it. It wasn't meant for you because genuinely things fall into place. And once you find your happiness, you'll find every door opens for you because the energy you give out to people, people want to give back to you. So, you know, nobody wants a miserable uh, friend. Nobody wants a miserable mother. Nobody wants a miserable... Everyone wants to see you happy and people want to get on that train. People want to get on that bandwagon. People want to champion you. So you'll get a better job. You might get a pay rise. You might get the, the man you wanted that you never thought you could because you know what? You're a happy, they love your energy. You're a happy person. You know, in a million years, I didn't think that, you know, I'd be marrying a Sergio for God's sake. I mean, you know, and look, it's not because he couldn't do better. It's just because he genuinely loves my soul and my way outlook in life and wants to learn from me. You know, even when I was going through my court case in the UK, I don't know if I have a side, I still haven't done a podcast on this, but I had a very, very long court case. I still managed to find my happiness. I mean, those of you that have been following me for this long, probably never even knew that I was going through that because I wasn't allowed to talk about it anyway, but I was. And every Friday I used to get horrific lessons, but I looked at different ways of coping with it because I, what am I going to do? Spend eight years miserable about what may or may not happen, what the outcome could be. And by the way, the outcome has been, and it was, it's great. I won. Yeah. There we go. So I could have spent eight years ruining my own life, crying every day. And for what? I won. Nothing happened. And that's a very good lesson because we sink ourselves with our own thoughts. And happiness is something that you and you only can find. And, you know, once you're happy, no one can take that away from you. No one. I am truly always happy. Yes, I get like shit days. Of course I do. And yes, I'll have like um, mini meltdowns and I don't like it when things don't go my own way. But generally, every day, I'm fucking happy. I am fucking happy. And if I forget to be happy, I walk outside and look at the sun. You know, and I think that really, really helps girls. Take your cup of coffee in the morning, ground yourself, stand on a piece of grass, look at the sunlight. Five minutes. That's all you need. Put on your favorite song when you wake up in the morning. You're feeling a bit blue. Blast Madonna through your bedroom. Blast it. Suddenly you feel happy. Trust me, you bounce out of bed. It's so weird. They're triggers. The triggers inside your body and it really is flipping a switch. So number two, what I'm grateful for is a new lease of life. Because I've less weight on my back and I've got no one to answer to anymore, no one except myself, I feel free. 
actually all of you lot are the first to tell me how much I've changed. And actually all my fans are from the show that have been following me for years. They, it's not that anyone wanted me to get divorced. No one wishes that for me, but they all see the change in me. It's like I just sat back and went, oh, relax. And I, that's how I feel. Zen, even on my worst day, I'm happier. And, you know, I'm younger. Even though I'm now doing things all on my own, I'm still less stressed because I'm doing things all on my own. It's so weird. At one point when you've been married as long as I was, I suppose, eight, 17, 18 years, you're like, well, you know, approaching midlife, halfway through my life, I'm going to die now. And then, okay, so now we've traveled together, we've done everything together. And now we're, let's just prepare for our old age. We're saving for our pensions. We're saving for the children's schools. We're saving for all of these things. So all the joy out of our lives gone, because that's all we've got to look to do is look forward to our, you know, future of what we have to do for everybody else. Okay. Let me tell you now, I'm 45 years young. I mean, Sergio, for whatever reason, makes me look younger, not older, whichever I, I was worried wouldn't happen, but he does. He's taken 10 or 20 years off me. And him bouncing around, I mean, literally on my wedding day, and if, I don't know if anyone, you know, if anyone watched it, I was rolling around on the beach, on the floor, while he was pulling my legs down the beach. And if, if anyone watched that and thought that I was drunk, I was not. I hadn't drunk at all that morning. It was the morning after my wedding. I was just having serious fun. I'm like a teenager again. And why shouldn't I live like a teenager? I have enough adult responsibility. I really do. I don't need any more. I've got to pay the bills. I've got to do everything else in life. And so I want to have a pillow fight. I want the man when I'm sitting in, you know, my seat to run down the plane and give me a giant hug and a kiss and go, I've missed you. Or like, you know, and we were separated on our plane on the way back because it was so packed. There were so many of us on that plane. I was the only one separated by my friends. And Sergio was up and down like a yo-yo coming to tell me how much he loved me. I want a man that tells me that he that he can't live without me. And men of my generation just don't do that, you know. And it's just made me see life through fresh eyes. Like the kids want to do like every year they want to go on like an exper experience holiday rather than, you know, the the old fashioned, like every year we're going to go and take a house, we'll rent the house here, we're going to Mykonos every single summer for the rest of our lives. We've actually decided they want to go to Japan. Then we want to climb the Great Wall of China. We want to go, you know, we want to go to Australia. I've never been, I want to go for a month. You know, it's given me fresh eyes on everything. I want to see everything. I'm not dying anytime soon. Life is not over. My life's just starting. I'm going to have a baby. I'm going to have a baby next. I mean, not now, I'm not pregnant, so don't, let's not get that out there. But, you know, that's my next thing. And I'm building a house with him. It's like I'm a bloody newlywed 18 years ago. It's so fun. And I got my, you know, dream wedding of being able to do things with no shoes, no pomp and ceremony, just like, you know, we were running through the water after my wedding with the kids. And it's just, everything's a giggle. I, you know, I'm laughing with my friends. It's just, everything feels light and easy. And just, even if it's heavy and you've got a bad day, it's still light because I look at it differently. I'm like, I can solve everything. Nothing is the end of the world. Nothing is going to stop me getting to where I want to be. And I think, you know, everyone used to say, if you're not, if you're 45 and you haven't yet made it, then you're never going to make it and all these kind of things. And I remember a friend, um, he's very famous now, very, very famous. And he said to me, I didn't make a penny, Caroline, till I was in my 40s, not a penny. And I was like, you know what? He's right. 
we've got years, absolutely years. I'm at the beginning of my career, not the end. I'm at the beginning of life. I've got a young husband who's going to keep me young. He's going to make sure that, you know, that energy he brings to my life is going to make me young, not older. It's making me young. And that's what I'm thankful for. I'm thankful for the youthfulness and the spontaneity, I guess, that the divorce has given me. That's It's freed me of this like, you know, we have to do these things because that's what's expected of us for our children, for our grandparents, whatever it is. Fuck it. Absolutely fuck it. That's bullshit. You know, one life, it's my life. I'm not living it all the time for everybody else. So my new lease of life is one of the most wonderful things. And it's just also the weight of the burden of carrying around, whether you're making the right decision or if it's the decision you want, or, you know, if you're hurting people, it's the, that weight, you know, when women are getting divorced, that takes quite a long time to come to terms with. So you have years of going, you know, should I, shouldn't I, right? And that that can age you and that can make you feel shit. And that weight is completely gone. My divorce was, you know, like a, ripping a Band-Aid off. It was like, you know, we both wanted it really, but no one wanted to say it. And once it was saying, it was like, oh my God, freedom. I mean, my ex is now a fucking DJ. I mean, come on, you can't even like make that shit up. He's having the time of his life. He's got a new lease of life. I'm sure he feels younger. I mean, he's not going to like thank me right now for anything, but I'm sure. But, you know, when it comes down to it, and, and, you know, I want to go, I was kind of sick of skiing holidays. I didn't want to go on another fucking skiing holiday. Now I can't wait to go skiing and chase Sergio down because I think it's going to be great fun. He's amazing at skiing and he wants to play sport with me and he wants to play paddle with me and he wants to explore things with me. It's the most amazing time of my life. So I'm thankful for that. Number three it pushed me. It really pushed me to be financially independent. And I think when we get married, we're lazy, you know, because, yeah, I mean, we take some risks. I did take some risks. I had gift library, but when gift library went tits up and then I spent eight years in a law case, well, I mean, let me tell you, you're not that keen to make any money and you're not that like, I don't know, you're not really overly motivated, I suppose, when someone, you know, you've got lawyers taking money from you every Friday the fuck wants to get out of bed and earn it and then you just always know that you know really if anything goes wrong your husband's there he'll solve it and then you know sometimes in relationships you take each other for granted anyway so you kind of feel like in the traditional marriages you're like eh, well let the man pay for everything and then you're like okay so then you just want to buy handbags and it's just you know I don't know you're not as driven so this has pushed me and I remember and it's so funny because I look around now and I, I don't know how I think, I think I've got six girls working for me now and that's without my house staff, but six women that work and run, help me run my life. And I'm like, how the fuck did that happen? Because I remember signing my first, you know, contract with one, with um, Karen actually, and she'd come from JP Morgan. I was oh fuck, I can't afford this one. And, you know, suddenly I've got six of them. And I'm like, wow. And as you kind of take this, this is another thing I think about just pushing yourself in general and the happiness thing. Because once you've pushed yourself and you're gone, okay, well, I mean, you know, frankly, I'm now responsible for somebody else. And I didn't really want that responsibility because I remember so well having, you know, 87 employees before or 76 or whatever it was with gift library. Couldn't count anymore. But, you know, I was like, fuck, I'm just working to make sure everyone else is okay. And that burden, I was like, it was so nice not to have any staff. But actually, as I got busier and busier, you just can't. And actually, the, you have to understand that, you know, pay peanuts, get monkeys. But also on top of it, 
you know, to unlock you, free yourself up and maybe give it away, you know, giving away money actually opens doors, more doors to you. So instead of holding on to finances all the time, and I, the more I've, the more I hire out, the more jobs come to me. And instead of like panicking and, you know, look, what's the worst that happens? You know, I mean, the worst that happens when you go under, of course, but okay, right now I kept hiring and, and as we've kept hiring, we've kept growing and, you know, we, we are a great team of women now. And it's so funny. It does remind me of how I started with Gift Library because it's a little, it's a little snowball effect, but that comes from having, you know, putting your money where your mouth is really, because if you hold back, you only hold yourself back because you can't possibly manage the children, cook the meals, manage your diary, get to the appointments on time, look great and do all the things that you need to do to perform. I'm the face now of some of the biggest luxury names in the world, in the world. And there's nothing special about me. I mean, there really isn't. I'm a mother of three. I'm 45 fucking years old, but it keeps happening. Why are these good things happening? And I'm not really sure, but it's a snowball effect. As I said, I think it's the happiness. I'm divorced. I give people hope that you can do it all. And you know, when I say I can do it all, no, I can't do it all. I need I need my team. And my team, I was hired one person at a time. Rome wasn't built in a day. One hire at a time is what I say. And each hire has brought me different things. And, you know, each hire, I'm always shit myself. I shit myself because I don't have a a husband now to fall back on. My husband, as of yesterday, or when it uh, was, by the time you've heard this, I don't know what day it'll be. My husband was 24 when I met him. You know, he's not doing this, but we're building companies together now. And everything that I do with Sergio now is we're pushing each other because we both need each other. He's so good at certain aspects. Like he's amazing at helping me with, you know, he does all my social media and Instagram and all this. And he's, you know, he, he knows all these amazing people from soccer. So we, you know, we're building a hotel together. We are doing so many different things. Brands are loving him now. So we're building ourselves in this way because we took this financial independence and we've building an amazing team of people around us to bring out the best in us. And so when you take a step that scares you, and I think that, you know, this is what holds most women back is the financials. And once you start, as I said, you get one job, you bring in the money, you pay Paul. So, you know, it's kind of like, as I said, paying Peter to pay Paul. So, you know, obviously we don't have the money just sat in the bank for like six team hires, but you get one big job, you take enough money out for yourself that you really need to pay your bills and then you pay the next person. And it's like a pay it forward. And it is that simple. The hardest thing you can do is the first fucking step. So make today the day you take that first step. Get some cojones, as Sergio would say. Grow a set of balls and take the step because nothing will happen unless you do that. And once you do, people, again, they help you, they push you. And somehow God delivers. It really does. And I'm not even a, I'm just not a a religious person, but I follow this 1111 and Whenever I'm scared, it's so weird. I'll pick up my phone and 11.11 is on the screen. I mean, it's like clockwork. It's insane how it works. And you just know 11.11 for me just means you're on the right track. And, you know, that's how I measure everything and knowing that I'm on the right track um, by this 11.11. And, you know, it's like somehow the angels answer you. My divorce has 
brought me more success than I could have imagined because I'm happy. I'm happy. So I perform better. I'm in my dream house. You know, I didn't know that I could afford this house when I ran past it, but I made it work. And not only did I make this house work, I'd hired six more staff. It's working for me. The house is part of it. Your environment reflects you. Everything reflects you. You know, I'm master of my own ship. There are no fucking rules for me. That's worth, oh, millions to me. Millions. You, you can't put a price on freedom. You really, really can't. I'm living, I'm living your best life. I think it, happiness shows through the screen. You know, you can see when someone's life is bullshit on Instagram and when they're really, really, you know, real and they really endorse things really and, you know, they, they love what they do. So I'm grateful for that. I think one of my biggest things, for, well, number four, is being able to break tradition. And I know that I'm, you know, getting, and people have said to me, what are you going to do? You, you know, you've got a podcast called Divorce, Divorce Not Dead and now you're married again. And I'm not traditional. And what I mean by break tradition, I'm, and first of all, that I don't think me getting married changes my name at all because I was divorced and I wasn't dead. And also I turned it into my best life. And that's the whole premise of the show, really. Divorce Not Dead is, is for you ladies to show you that after divorce, you know, it's not the fucking end. It's only the beginning, if you want it to be. I mean, you know, if you choose, and I chose, and look where I am in less than, what is it, two years? And literally, I didn't have one of these campaigns. I didn't have one of these jobs. I didn't have one of these staff. I thought I was getting an apartment. I have a five-bedroom house. And I had a very young boyfriend that everyone thought I was fucking nuts. So, you know, I was fighting it every which way. I was fighting it every which way. And I still went forward. You know, my ex thought I was crazy. My friends thought I was crazy. And maybe I was crazy. And maybe I am crazy, but, you know, I probably am. But, you know, it works for me. But my point is, I think we have been told, again, society has given us all these fucking rules and making the decision to break them. And I don't mean just, you know, willy-nilly, like going, oh, you know, I'm, someone's told me I have to do this, so I'm going to break it. No, I don't mean that. And just gratuitously. But I mean, just breaking your chains of what you, holds you back in your own head. And that's with the happiness, which is what I told you with switching, you know, flicking the switch with the fear, which means holds you back from getting in job or maybe talking to the guy that you like in the bar. Oh, because tradition, I remember my grandmother said to me, you know, why are you meeting the boy at the pub? You know, he should come pick you up. And I was like, Granny, if I waited for a boy to pick me up these days, I'll never fucking leave the house. I wouldn't be able to go out. They just don't do it. Traditions have changed. Why should some traditions be kept and others, others aren't? At this point, there are no rules. There are no rules to life in any way, shape or form. Sexually, we've all evolved. But I mean, I know people who are, you know, going to sex parties. I know people that are having open marriages. I know people that you, know, that you would never think is what this is my point, that you would never think look completely traditional. People are liars today. They just lie better than the others. Okay. Tradition holds us back. Tradition makes people feel comfortable and confined. It's like people that have been, if you've been in jail, you become institutionalized. We're all institutionalized because we've been brought up a certain way. So I think, you know, tradition 
is a wonderful thing in its right place. Do I like the royal family? Do I love the tradition, the pomp and ceremony of that? Love it. Not sure how fun it is for them, but you know, I love seeing it. Those kind of traditions. Do I have Christmas? Do I have you know, Easter? All of these things, I'm traditional. But in my life, I don't want to be traditional. I'm not going to tell my daughter she has to be married in her 20s. Absolutely fucking not. I hope she waits till she's 30 or whatever and has loads of fun along the way. Why should you wait six months before you have sex with someone? Complete disaster, because if it's a disaster, then it's going to be disaster in the first whatever. People tell you you can't sleep with someone the first night because, you know, then you're a whore and he'll never want to marry you. Bull fucking shit. That's so not true. Traditionally, the man has to earn all the money. No, not so anymore. In fact, double income households are the way it's at right now. And that's just life as well. So if that tradition is is going, then, you know, why keep all the others? You know, the, the man has to, to pay all the bills and do everything else. I think it's so important to be free, to see, you know, all of these things that are just to let them go and to follow what's right in your gut. You want to pay, let the man pay all the bills. Okay. Let him, let him pay. But if that shouldn't be a tradition, it should be between you and him. I want my daughter to be free of any of these societal chains that we've all had and been given because they're they don't make any sense in the world we live in. Everything's so fast paced these days and so online and so quick. And how can you have a traditional marriage and then you met online or you, you know, you met on an app? Doesn't make any sense. If you're scanning apps for, for lovers, you're not traditional people anyway. It's just the whole thing doesn't make sense. So I have broken free of tradition in my life. I don't want to celebrate things. I don't want to celebrate. You know, I love celebrating Christmas with my kids, but you know, I don't want to go to church and sit through it because my mother's Church of England. I don't want to go to the synagogue because my ex-husband is Jewish and my children are. I want the freedom to choose. I want to do exactly what I want. My way of religion is a vision board and 1111. That doesn't make me wrong. It makes me non-conformist. I've just decided that's the way I want to be. I chose a boyfriend that I met when he was 24 years old nothing traditional about that. In fact, it sounds bloody ridiculous. Yet here I am married to him. Now, why did I do the traditional thing? Well, I did the traditional thing for him because he wants that. He doesn't want to be always my toy boy and my this and my that. And I get that. He needs to know that we are together and to tell, you know, to feel powerful and to feel like a man in front of his friends and everything else. But otherwise he's not traditional either. How can he be traditional? He chose the love of his life and the first woman he's ever been with, like lived with properly is 45 years old. So there's nothing traditional about us. That was for me because my ex was so traditional and that's not to say it was bad. He's just traditional. It's just not for me. And I don't want to be that. I don't want these constraints. So getting rid of that, having to do you know, all of these things with all our extended family and all of this kind of stuff, it's all gone. I can do what I want with whomever I like. And then I think the lastly, number five, was just, I'm so thankful for the culling and what it's done for me with my friends. Because since I've got divorced, I have made new friends, lost old friends, invariably in divorce. And, and, and there's nothing bad. Some people ask, uh, have to choose, but generally, you know, I think with friendships, you, you pick up new friends. When you're a divorced person or you're a married person, you get new friends and you meet wonderful people because, you know, you make friends in a different way 
right? So I think when you're when you're married, you have friend couples, right? And then invariably one of you hates one of them. So half the time you go out for dinners with couples and you just wish one of them wasn't there. And they're not really your choice. And or you get those work dinners that you have to go to and sit through and like because Sergio and I aren't a traditional couple and our friends and our work is the same thing, right? So we work in this ridiculous world of social media and reality or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Like it's so in your face every day that we always working with people we like. So everybody in our life that's come into our life now has changed our lives. Just even for our beach wedding, people flew so many miles for to be with us. And, you know, the beautiful wedding, even with what I'm doing now. So I become really close to all my brands that I work with. And I mean, the CEOs and the people that behind them, and it's not just work for me anymore or for them. And they're all attending my wedding and they've become great friends because they love us. They love what we represent. And I think when we got divorced, obviously I have some old friends as well, because I've got friends that I have had since I was at school and they were, they're all coming to my wedding and, you know, I'm so grateful for all of them still being there and they've never judged me and gone, you know, obviously when you start a new relationship, they go, are you sure? Are you sure? But genuinely they all knew. I remember sitting with one girlfriend and she said, you're not in the right place. And they knew I wasn't in the right place. So when this came along, they were genuinely happy for me. And even though it may have been shocking to some people, they didn't judge me. And having these friendships have helped me grow as a person so much. And, you know, obviously you lose some of the people that you thought would be with you all the way aren't. And I've learned how to deal with that positively because it's like, it's like letting a bird go. It's kind of like they came, they visited, they gave you what they needed what you needed, you needed from them, they needed from you, right? So it's like an exchange of energy and then you're done. And when it's done, you let them set them free and you go, okay, you can't force people to stay in your life and nor should you. And I I had this terrible thing of like trying to force people to stay for whatever reason. And I've realized the ones you let go, you have fond, fond memories of, and I'll always love them. And you know, we reach out, you text each other, but you know, it'll never be the same. And I'm good with that. And genuinely everyone I see in my life now, and for other reasons also, by the way, because I moved to Dubai and I've started this fresh life as well. So other people that have come into my life now will be so important to me, you know, for however long and hopefully for the rest of my life. But again, you know, it's the friendships that sort of keep you going. So instead of, instead of mourning the loss of your friends or mourning the breakdown of a relationship, understand that people come and go and it's an exchange of your energies, their energies and how wonderful that is. Because, you know, when you need things, God sort of, or I don't know, 11-11 or the angels, I, I kind of like the angels actually, kind of put these people in your path and they make you find them. I mean, look at how I met Sergio. I'd never been to uh, Newport Beach in my life ever. And it's it's like that. And I've met these friends here and I actually sitting at my wedding was quite funny because they all looked around and said, you've brought us all here. None of them knew each other from Dubai before me. And now we're such a tight knit group that we can family holiday together. We are kids all love each other. Some of us have kids. Some of us aren't. Some of them are, you know, uh, single. Some of them are more wild, but we all travel well and we all get on and we belly laugh and we are, we high five each other's successes. We help each other in, in, in a low. We, we've got each other's back and I'm grateful for all of you out there that have 
you know, supported me through this journey, whether you agreed with me or not, and that's okay. I don't need, you know, a constant pat on the back, but you know, the knowing that you're all there has been wonderful. And all of you lot, you know, have become friends because I, I chat to my listeners and I, you know, I love hearing from you all and you guys all, you're so interactive with me on, on social media. I think of you all as like mini friends because sometimes you get so engrossed in just talking to to people, don't you? And like the stories you all send me and I feel su- such a part of it. So I thank, I'm thankful for that. So it's just a little podcast today just to, you know, well, just to give you my thoughts on life and why divorce is a positive, not a negative and why I'm so grateful and thankful. So have a wonderful Thanksgiving, all of you out there. And I wish you all a wonderful, happy Thanksgiving. And I'm thinking of you all. And thank you. Thank you for being there. Thank you for listening to Divorce Not Dead. Tune in next Wednesday for a new episode. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. We'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media at, at Caroline Stanbury for all the behind-the-scene action. 